You're listening to the Grown Girl Divorce Podcast, conversations between girlfriends who have the knowledge and information to educate and empower you before, during, and after a divorce. We are here to remind you that you're grown and you got this. Thank you for listening to the Grown Girl Divorce Podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Cook, and today we have the pleasure of chatting with Ikena Crowley, a divorce recovery coach, international speaker, and author of A Superwoman's Guide to Recovering After Divorce. Welcome, Kina. How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have this topic and conversation with you because, you know, we talk a lot about preparing for a divorce, going through divorce, and then women get divorced and it's kind of like, now what, right? And so I know that you are a divorce recovery coach. Tell us a little bit about what that is and how you got um, to kind of do this work. Yes. um, So... What I do is I help women who feel stuck or overwhelmed um, to break free from that disappointment of a broken relationship so they can thrive and live their best life after divorce. Um, And I am so passionate about what I do because I've been there. I was that woman who was stuck. Um, Basically, after going through a horrible divorce um, from after deciding to leave an abusive relationship, an abusive marriage, um, I got stuck. And at the time, I couldn't see it. Um, I was a therapist at the time. And so I could see a lot in other people. Um, I thought that I had gone through all of my stages of grief and had finally reached that final stage of acceptance, but my form of acceptance wasn't healthy. I had accepted, quote unquote, that I was going to be alone the rest of my life. I accepted that I couldn't open up to another person. I couldn't allow myself to be vulnerable And I, in a sense, thought that was okay, although I was going to work as a therapist, working with people and and telling them and teaching them, hey, you need to let your walls down some. You need to let people in. We are not creatures who thrive in isolation. Um, We are not meant to be alone. And yet I was going home after helping other people, pouring into other people, I would go home and in a sense do just that. I would focus on my son. Um, he he has special needs. So it was really easy to just immerse myself in, in him. And it, my mother was telling me, hey, you, you need to get back out there. And I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Right. I'll I do this. Up. I know what's yeah. happening. I'm I, I I got this, but it's always, I think, um easier for us to help direct, see what's happening with other people. And it's really oftentimes very challenging for us to, as Michael Jackson would say, 
the man in the mirror, right? And paying attention to the man in the mirror. Um, I'm dating myself there a little bit with that reference, but that's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense. I think you were doing the work and as a therapist, mm-hmm. but when you say it's because you were able to compartmentalize, right? So you show up as your work self, which means mm-hmm. you're turning off your own kind of personal journey to be able to, in many ways, kind of at arm's length, help other people, but yet, you know, not able, at least at the time, um, do those same things for yourself. Exactly. So then tell me, you know, why is it so hard for women to move forward after a divorce? Why, why are we getting stuck? What happens? Well, usually what happens, we usually do one of a few things. Either we get stuck on focusing on what we no longer have um, and having that inability to move forward and let it go. Um, For a while in my process, I was in that anger phase, that anger, um, just angry about how it ended, angry about just certain things I experienced in the marriage and such. But like I said, I thought I had reached acceptance um, but then I was stuck in loneliness and I didn't see that. I see. Um, I was stuck with that emptiness and, and thinking that was healthy. And so it, for a lot of women, we just don't see, we don't see our own unhealthy patterns. We often don't have that support to say, Hey, look, even though I had my mother, I still could not fully see. And my mother wasn't telling me as a woman who had necessarily gone through divorce. She did, but hers was different. And so she didn't have like complete guidance on step-by-step. Okay. This is where you are at this point. And this is, you know, you need to see where you're trying to be and how certain things you're doing or not doing is preventing you from getting to that point. And with me, it literally took for me to get a phone call, um, for me to get that wake up call and really, really assess my life and how I was going about it. I, I got a phone call sitting in my office at work <laughs> and I get a phone call. Um, and on the other end, it's the doctor telling me, Hey, you have a brain aneurysm. And in that moment, yeah. like you could have, it was like hearing I had cancer, you know, like getting that. Information. And So initially I went through like the shock and everything. And um, after getting some more information, following up with the doctor and such, finding out, okay, I can live my life. Life isn't over. It forced me to look at my life and look at how I was really living because in a sense, my life flashed before my eyes in that moment. And I just, I thought about everything. I I thought about um, when I had my first child. Um, and the promise I made when I was 14 years old that I would be the best mother I could be. I thought about joining the military, um, being homeless, I going through my abusive marriage. All of that just flashed through my eyes and how I overcame all of that and how I was living um, like a dead woman walking. And in a sense... I realized I had a choice to make. Either I could continue living like a dead woman walking. Right. I could look at fear 
because initially when I got that call, I was like, oh my gosh, like my own mother had a ruptured aneurysm and she almost died a few years back. So that was the first thing I thought. I was like, I could live in fear or I could just truly live my life. I can start living and thriving instead of just going day by day like that dead woman walking. And so that's exactly what I did. And it took for me to get that call, unfortunately, for me to look within and really see how I was living. But for most of us, we don't really, we get stuck because we just don't know. We're going day by day. We're trying to do the best we can. Right. Uh, we're dealing with a lot of women, our, our mothers. Um. So dealing with, I'm trying Everything to work. Everything else. Yeah. To my new life and unfortunately on top of that as, as black women another thing another thing that actually kind of holds us back is we often feel the need to wear that mask to be strong sure like i i can handle this i don't want to look weak i don't want to show that i need help um because it's kind of ingrained in us that this is how we handle our own business and unfortunately that's to, to our detriment because so many of us are struggling for that very reason. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the fact that you in some ways had, um, and I say this sensitively, the benefit of having a wake up call, right? That something kind of prompted and, and pushed you forward, but not everybody has that. And you certainly um, have overcome as you've just shared, you know, a lot of things throughout your your journey in your life. And here you were in the space of helping others, but you needed kind of that external wake up call. You were referencing a couple of times. And so I think it's important for us to kind of walk through um, grief and the stages of grief and how oftentimes in divorce, it mirrors the same stages of grief. So can you, you know, walk us through when we think about the relationship and the processing of relationships, you know, those stages and how sometimes um, they may rear their ugly head at varying times. Um, because I think it's important when we think about divorce recovery, understanding that you hit various stages of grief during this process. Yes, definitely. So often with grief, a lot of people associate that with the loss of someone due to death. Um, and a lot of times people don't think of that they're they're truly grieving when they lose a significant relationship um, due to divorce or even it could not be divorce. It could be a breakup that may sure. feel like divorce. Um, and so with that first knowing that it's going to happen um, and to acknowledge those different stages and recognize them um, in general, one stage. And first, before I jump into the stages, I want to explain that although in a sense I'm explaining them as different stages and we think, okay, first this, then that, yes. then the next thing. Grief is messy. Grief okay. is not linear, meaning it does not happen in a certain order. The only thing with the five stages of grief that is in a particular order is that final stage, which is true acceptance, which okay. I'll explain that in a minute. But um, the first stage that I'll talk about is denial. So denial could look like, oh, it's not really over. Okay. Um, you 
maybe still thinking about that other person, like, oh, I, I should go and, and pick up some food for him. Um, or maybe constantly calling him, um, trying to get him back, just not, not accepting, not mentally accepting that it's over. And when I say that, not saying that it doesn't hurt to accept that, it, it's right. going to hurt. But like in your mind, it's not over. He or she is right. still your partner. Like y'all aren't over. That is denial. Um, bargaining. Bargaining is depleting. Okay. Please say, I'll go to therapy okay. um, or I'll change this. I'll do that. I'll start cleaning. You know, I'll work harder. Yes. I'll, I'll try harder to be that woman you want. All of that is bargaining. Okay. Um, depression. So depression um, was more so one of those stages that I at the time I could not recognize, especially as a therapist. Yeah. Um, it's usually harder for therapists to see within themselves certain things like, hey, when they really need help and when they're really struggling. Sure. And like you said, often because we're so, it's so easy to focus on other people and neglect ourselves in the process. Yes. And so um, the depression could look like, oh, loss of interest and in those things you usually like to do, um, low energy, you just aren't feeling motivated to do much of anything, maybe let alone get out of bed, changes in your eating habits, um, whether it's eating more, eating less. For me, um, I, prior to um, leaving my husband at the time, um, I had gotten really healthy. Okay. Um, I had started eating very, very, very healthy, started biking daily. And it felt great to get into that routine. And all of that started to fall by the wayside. Okay. You know, I tried to hold on to the biking and eventually I started to make more excuses. Oh, I don't feel like going today. Yep. Um, I'll go tomorrow. So some procrastination jumping in there. Yep. And after a while, then me not doing those things that were so important turned into me. It just kind of made me feel that much worse about just my sure, it's a cycle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Then um, you know, low self-esteem and confidence and all yep. that starts to jump in there and dwindle. And um yeah, I found myself like, gosh, I don't do these things anymore, but yes. I'm I'm not taking action to do those things anymore. Um, and with the eating, I started, I I fell off with my good eating. Um, I started snacking. Okay. Um, and then I started just junk food. I wasn't eating really meals or anything I just started like candy like the lifesaver gummies that was my thing <laughs> that was your um, thing <laughs> that was my thing but it wasn't good for me at all and then of course weight gain as yeah. a result of that and then goes with the self-esteem and confidence and yes. I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like oh I'm letting myself go so it's a lot with the depression changes in your sleep okay. I know I could not sleep um, and just the, the anxiety, the, the ruminating thoughts, you know, just being so focused on, you know, what has happened and where yes. I'm not and, and the, the sadness you're, you're going to have those spells of sadness, regardless of 
what phase you're in. Yep. Um, but depression looks more like you you're crying all day, you know, okay. or maybe okay. isolating, or you know, like you're just generally this heavy cloud over you. Okay. So that's the depression. And I really wanted to take a little more time because a lot of women um feel really stuck. That's one of those phases that a lot of women get stuck in. Um and then there's the anger. <laughs> the anger. <laughs> yes. So once again, with anger, that's another thing that can kind of be underlying throughout your process until you reach true acceptance. I know with me from the beginning all the way until the point of true acceptance, that anger was there. But where you're truly in that anger phase, okay, where you're plotting revenge. Okay. You know, you're like, oh, I I want him to hurt the way that he hurt me. Yes. Yeah. Um, or you're hopefully no one's really doing this, but I know some people go as far as losing control of themselves. You yes. know, you're popping up at their house, you're or you're calling their phone, you're aggressive. Um, maybe if there's a new woman in the picture, you're following her around. Yes. Um, and it's it's just very, very not healthy at all. You're stuck in um, unforgiveness where you're like, I, and I know that word is very, very hard to hear for people, depending on where you are in your journey. But when I say unforgiveness, where you're like, I refuse to move forward. I refuse to let this go. I'm going to hold this anger and because he hurt me or she hurt me. Um, And so Anger is something I want to let people know because anger often gets a negative connotation, um, but anger is a normal and natural response and emotion, but um, it's what you do with it. It's how you channel it. Um, it, That's important. So I want to make that clear that, you know, don't feel guilty for feeling that anger. It's just acknowledging it and then making sure it's constructive. You're not going king cars, breaking windows, (laughs) all that crazy stuff. Right. Um, (laughs) Well, before you get to acceptance, right. Um, And you have said a couple of times, true acceptance. So I appreciate you um, being very intentional with the use of true acceptance. Before we get there, I do think it's important to underline a couple of things that you made clear. When thinking about the depression stage and certainly anger stage, it is, as you've shared, normal to be sad throughout the process. It is completely normal to be upset at varying times as the process unfolds. However, there's a difference between being sad and being depressed. And there's a difference between, okay, I'm generally upset about the process and truly being in the angry phase. And so thank you for, you know, giving voice to, we got to really check in and check ourselves to make sure that, yep, I'm sad about this, right? Our relationship has ended or is going in a different direction. That's different from, it's so debilitating, the hurt and the sadness that I can't get out of bed, that I am not functioning, um, that I am mentally going through what I'll call the mental gymnastics of questioning, you know, can I go on? And so it's those type of thoughts, that type of um, inability to really kind of function 
where we really do need to get that outside help. Um, that's different from the, you know, I'm sad. This is upsetting. We were together a long time or really thought that this would work. So making sure that we are um, putting ourselves in those spaces where we can make sure that we are okay, that we can reach out and, and get the necessary support. And then to anger, just talking about, um, you know, listen, there's a difference between being upset and then your actions kind of pushing forward um, in a destructive way. That's oftentimes the result of orders of protection or stalking allegations. And that takes not just your divorce process in a different direction, but truly um, your own kind of mental well-being um, in a different direction. So I, I wanted to just kind of highlight just quickly those two areas, because I think um, many times when people think about the stages and they hear kind of depression or anger, it's yes, this is a part of the overall you know grief process and there are levels by which it's natural but when it goes beyond to where it becomes truly uh, destructive and detrimental, that's where we really want to make sure that we get the necessary help. So just wanted to kind of throw that in there. Um, and then going now to uh, what you're calling kind of true acceptance. Tell us about true acceptance, what that really is. Yes. So true acceptance. And the reason I, I say true acceptance is because like I, I referenced before, I thought that I was in acceptance yes. and I truly wasn't. Um, but true acceptance is where one, you're no longer angry. Okay. That's one thing like you're, you're no longer depressed. Um, you're no longer angry. You have reached that point of I accept it is what it is. I accept that it's over. Not meaning you like it, not meaning it's what you wanted, right. but you've accepted your new reality that your marriage is has ended. Your chapter with that significant other is, is over. And not saying that acceptance doesn't mean when a certain song plays on the radio, or maybe you you walk past a certain store or past a certain park or whatever that you're not still going to have memories. Sure. You're not still going to get hit with maybe just a little bit of sadness um, in that moment as you think about what was, but the difference is you don't stay there. Okay. You're, you're able, it's a, it's a moment and it's kind of fleeting. It, it comes, it's usually triggered. Um, cause we can't control those memories are often triggered yes. um, by things in the present and that's natural. That's normal. But the difference is, you know, in other stages where you may get very angry, um, or you may get very depressed, okay. um, or just belonging for what you used to have. You're like, all right. Yeah, that was nice. Or we used to go there, um, or this was our song, yes. but that that's not the case anymore okay. and then you're able to kind of move on whereas you know when I wasn't full-blown in acceptance there were certain songs and such a lot of things that I still could not do I could not listen to because okay. it was 
too overwhelming yet yeah. I'm like oh I'm okay with you know I'm, I thought because I was no longer angry that I was in acceptance okay. but the fact that I was holding myself back from being vulnerable like opening up um giving myself a, a chance to just even have a friend like I was walled off from like men all together okay um, with that, the reason why I was not in acceptance was for that very reason, because I was living in fear. I was living in fear of I'm going, to, it's going to happen again. I'm yeah. going to get hurt again. And that's not healthy. It's not healthy to, and I was truly lonely, um, but I didn't see it. And so you're not in full blown acceptance if you haven't found a way to let go of what has happened not meaning that it's it's right yes it's it's if it's wrong it's wrong but knowing how to let go let it go so you can move forward meaning that's in the past I'm not going to keep harboring all of these these emotions this anger and letting it manifest and basically eat me up inside while this other person likely has moved on with their life. Right. That's right. That's right. I think true acceptance, as you've shared, is really your ability to have these moments, have these triggers, but to continue to move forward. And so it's certainly natural to have times where something does trigger you, where you have a moment good, bad, or indifferent, because you shared a time in your life with this individual, but recognizing that true acceptance as a part of your divorce recovery journey really means that you are able to move forward. You started out um, the discussion about the grief process by saying it's not linear. And I think um, it's so important to reiterate that and to share that because certainly we know that grief hits at different times. You can wake up one morning and it's anger by the afternoon, it's bargaining the next morning, you know, it's depression. And so recognizing that the stages come at you at, at different times. I know that um, as a divorce attorney and even as a mediator, People always ask, how's the process going to go, right? Is this going to be difficult or is this going to be um, acrimonious or will it be amicable? And the first thing I often say is I have to really assess where you are in your own process and then where your soon-to-be ex is because if you are in denial and your soon-to-be ex is in true acceptance, we're not moving very far because you have not yet let go of what it was and are still, as the word is, in denial. So we can't move forward. It's very different than when you have someone who is truly in the angry phase and somebody who's in bargaining because in bargaining it's I will do whatever it takes I will whereas someone who's in anger they cannot see anything other than 
I am so upset and I will do whatever it takes to make this other person hurt as much as, you know, I am hurting. And so many times we talk about where are you in the process and how important it is to have external supports like therapists, like divorce coaches to help you move through these phases so that the actual legal process can move forward. So thank you for sharing that stages of grief are real um, as a part of the divorce process, but they also hit at different times through the process. Sticking in this lane of of grief um, and and kind of the um, connection between the end of a of a relationship or the end of a marriage, so being divorced and then um, death. Why is it important to look at divorce not as a quote death sentence? but as a new beginning. Yes. Um, with that, a lot of women, um, ha- they, they dedicate themselves, of course, to their, their roles, their marriage, um, their exes at the, their husbands their spouses at the time, their partners at the time and their children and when that marriage is gone, that significant other is gone, a lot of women um, feel lost. They feel empty and they often um, lack a sense of purpose. And they, they, they're, that's another way that they're stuck in a okay. sense. Um, they, they just don't know what is there to live. Not that they're suicidal or anything like that, but they really don't see their their purpose other than maybe being a mother okay um, but outside of that especially if they're they're not a mother um they they often feel like this is this that, that was my life my life is is kind of over i don't have anything else and they often become so fixated on what they used to have to where they don't see they have a whole life ahead of them. Okay. Um, if they they do that work, they work on their their mind, they work on just their their selves and such. So they can make that shift because it doesn't just happen. It does take work, but uh, a lot of women may feel like it divorces death because they don't have anything else according to how they feel and what they're focusing on. They they feel like, oh, he was my everything. Right. And right. We had this whole life plan together and they're stuck on what was instead of what is and what could be if they allow it. And divorce, when you go through those stages, when you do the work um, and you take charge of your life, your own healing, it can become your new beginning and you get to dictate what that looks like. Yes. And the beauty is you have more control than ever, more freedom than ever to do that. Whereas when you were with your partner, you had to, you know, make decisions with them. And now you can truly take charge of your life, but it all starts with the mind, even seeing that as such so you you can start working towards your new life like with me i didn't think 
this, what I'm doing now was not on my radar when I left my, my ex. I did not know what was ahead of me. I just knew in that moment when I left that, that I, there was something better okay. for me, like that, that life was, I couldn't settle. I could not stay, but even when I went through my process and I was stuck in my process at that time, I still couldn't see, because remember I was stuck in, I'm going to be alone, grow old and gray Netflix and chill the rest of my life by myself. Right, by myself. Yes. And so I still could not see, and it wasn't until I started really working on my mindset that I gained that clarity. I started in a sense, clearing the weeds in my garden. I was stuck. I allowed those weeds to grow up. So thick to where I could not see. And once I started doing the work, tending to my garden, focusing and feeding the things that I wanted more of, those things started to grow. And I started to pluck away those weeds and starve those things that I did not want, which all of that mindset, um, those things started to die. And it's crazy because the very thing that I did not think was possible, yes. it was not even on my radar by me doing that work actually came to me. Like now I'm in this happy relationship, um, like happy, happy. That <laughs> would ever happen to me. It's the kind of stuff you see on TV just about. And I'm, I'm, ha- I'm doing what I love. You know, I'm, I'm living and walking in my purpose. I'm helping others um, and in a way that I did not imagine, but I would not be here if it wasn't for me clearing my garden to okay. even get that clarity to see what's ahead of me. So then tell me, how can someone who's listening right now, right? What is the first step that she can do to start clearing the garden, right? What are, what are, you know, first thing out the gate, we're feeling stuck. We're not sure what to do. You know, what's our first step? Where do we go first? Feeling stuck, not knowing where, what to do. You need help. Okay. You need need guidance. Um, be it a coach or therapy, depending on where you are in your process. Um, some people need both. Okay. But Depending either way, you need someone on the outside of you to help you see those blind spots. Like I said, I could not see, and I was a whole therapist. I could not see how I was holding myself back from getting to where I wanted to be. And I, now I actually have a coach um, myself, not dealing with divorce, um, but I realized like the importance of knowing your worth. And it also, some especially after a divorce, it takes someone else often to help you see that. Yes. Um, when self-esteem is shot, when that confidence is gone, you often don't believe in yourself enough to know your greatness, to know what level and your purpose and such. So you need to reach out, get help, be willing to invest on I hate to say, but black women, we often will invest in everyone else. We'll help okay. everyone else. We will get our hair and nails done in a heartbeat. Yes. But when it comes to truly investing in our overall personal development, that's where it's like, mm. and the thing is, people will pay for what they really want. Yes. 
and they will beg for what they really need. So I had to figure it out. And that's what I say, like, first, take a deep look or serious look in the mirror and see that you're not where you want to be. Be honest, like, because often with Black women, we have an issue taking that mask off even for ourselves. We wear it so much to where we, even when we're alone, we, we're still trying to be quote unquote strong yes. and convince ourselves we don't need help. And so be honest with yourself and be okay with saying, I need help. It's not a crutch. It's not a weakness. It's actually a strength. It takes a lot of courage to actually get that help you need to actually say, hey, I need help. Admit that to yourself and actually admit it to someone else. So that is where I would say start and, and make a decision. Okay. Um, I, by nature, I'm an overthinker. And I realized, especially by getting the coaching that I'm receiving, um, that that overthinking holds us back. Um, we are not making decisions when we're sitting and worrying and thinking and feeling like, oh, I got to do this just right. It needs to be perfect. We are truly holding ourselves back. So, you know, be decisive, make a decision and no, you don't have to be perfect, but you have to do something and you can go, you can go fast alone and you can go far with a team. So you need a team. You, you need somebody to even if it's a coach to step in and fill in the gap and you don't believe you could reach your next level, your next level love, your next level purpose, whatever, then get someone who could stand in the gap, borrow their confidence, borrow their strength until you're able to get to the point where you have it for yourself. I love that. I love that. Borrow what you need, you know, as you need it, but certainly the first step recognizing and being honest with yourself about getting help. My hope is that by listening here today, um, this may be kind of the the first step to moving in that direction. Um, and so seeking out the kind of information, trying to move past stuck, listening in on these conversations, hopefully will uh, resonate with what's going on in, in someone's life to help them kind of see, you know, I am feeling this way. I do need the help. It's okay to ask for help. And then right there at the end, you know, borrowing what you need um, to get you to, to where you need to be. So Kina, please tell us where we can find you um, a little bit more about um, your book, A Superwoman's Guide to Recovering After Divorce, because I think um, certainly there are women listening today who really could use the the support. Yes. Um, so as far as social media, um, I'm on, gosh, I'm on <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, and Pinterest, and YouTube. Um, with is coaching with Kina. Um, that's my social media handle, Kina K E E N A. And as far as like, if you're a woman who's out there listening and you're like, yeah, um, I need help. I recognize I'm not where I want to be. I am stuck. I am unhappy. I am lonely. Um, 
And I'm ready to change that. I'm ready to take action. And I'm willing to take off the mask enough to get that help. Um, then definitely book a call, book a breakthrough call. I, I have free breakthrough calls. Um, and the way to reach me to schedule that, you can schedule that today. H-T-T-P-S semicolon forward slash forward slash calendly c-a-l-e-n-d-l-y forward slash dot com oh sorry let me rewind calendly.com forward slash e-y-k-i-e-n-a forward slash 45 so h-t-t-p-s semicolon forward slash forward slash calendly.com forward slash Ikena 45. Um, I'm sorry. I keep giving you out of wrong stuff. Okay. One more time. HTTPS semicolon forward slash forward slash calendly.com forward slash Ikena forward slash 45. Um, and as far as my book that I I wrote because I realized there are a lot of women who most people have heard of coaching by now, but a lot of people just don't feel like it's for them. They don't need it or they don't see the value in investing um, truly in themselves. They have a different, they're still kind of stuck in a certain mentality where like, I'm not going to spend that kind of money instead of I'm not going to invest in myself in that way. Mm -hmm. And so realizing that um, the book is a way to still reach women who are needing that help, um, who are needing those tips and um, just helpful advice when going through the aftermath of a divorce. Um, and so things from self-care to creating boundaries um, and even considering dating, all of those things are in there um, for just those women who aren't quite ready for whatever reason, even if it's financial reasons to full-blown invest in coaching, but yet they they are still needing that help. And I, I did want to mention that initially when I started um, my journey in my, my company, initially I was just focused on those women in the aftermath of divorce, yes. but I have launched a new program. I just launched a new program because I have so many women who are coming to me um, who aren't yet divorced but they're in the midst of divorce okay well, can you help me can you help me with that and so I have launched another program um my new life for those women who are they know they know whether it's due to their choice or their spouses either way they're going through a divorce they're not on the other side of the divorce um but I am I have a program to serve those women as well Fantastic. So check her out on social media so we can get all the information about 
various programs, including my life, which if you're considering or thinking about the divorce process and then separately, um, coaching is available. And then certainly the, your book, which is a Superwoman's guide to recovering after divorce. Thank you so much, Kina, for joining us today, talking about the path to recovery after divorce, the stages that we know we go through during that time period and recognizing that there is life after divorce. You truly are a testament to that. So we certainly appreciate you not just giving guidance to those who are going through their own process, but sharing a bit of your story as well. We love, love, love here at Grown Girl Divorce personal stories because we know that, um, you know, when someone has been there, it's really, really, really impactful to hear that, you know, they've made it through. So thank you so much for joining us on Grown Girl Divorce today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Grown Girl Divorce podcast. Remember, though you may be going through a difficult time, you're grown and you got this. Please be sure to tell your girlfriends about us. Follow us on Instagram at Grown Girl Divorce and subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss out on any new conversations. The conversations on this podcast are for informational purposes only and are not intended to substitute working directly with a lawyer. These episodes are not to be used as a basis to support or defend any legal action and transcripts or recordings of the podcast may not be used for any purpose without the direct written permission of the podcast owner.